Hey guys, we'll get to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's going to podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. We try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys can find the podcast on YouTube or anywhere else you can get your podcast. And we're just so thankful you guys are here and that you guys are with us today. Um, we will not be in the studio today, but Lord willing, we'll be in there next week. So be looking out for that. Um, so today will just be audio. Um, okay, so let's get into what we're talking about today. Um, so today's topic is almost like a prequel to what we're going to do for next week. So kind of connect both of these because I think both of these go together and I don't want to tease it too much, but connect this one with what we're going to talk about next week. And I think you'll see the correlation uh, of where we're going as we're talking and studying today. Okay. So here's our topic for today. Is love worth it? What a what a topic. Right, <laughs> what a question. But is love worth it? Is it really worth it? So here's what's very interesting about this. Uh I saw a and I I feel like I've referenced this before. Um, but I saw a video of a man talking about love and he said the most courageous thing that you can do, the most courageous thing you can do is to open up yourself to love, but then also to give love out. But then he says, but here's why it's so courageous. It's not courageous in the fact that you're doing the loving. That's actually a really good thing. That's very noble, right? That's a, that's a great thing to do. But here's why it is so courageous. It is so courageous because you know that going into this and showing that love you know from the jump that it is possible that your love will not be received. It is possible that your love will be thrown to the side. It is possible that the love is not enough. So knowing this coming into it, will you still be courageous enough to show it knowing that that's possible? So think about that from the mind of Jesus. That changes John 3.16 for me. Because God being infinite in his knowledge and knowing what we would do. For God so. I mean, just think about that word for God so. So now as we talk about this and conversate, guys, is love worth it? The Lord knew. We would spit on his son. We would hurt him. We would make fun of him. We would ultimately reject his love. But God so. Just think about that, guys, for God so. So understanding what we would do. He so loved us that he gave. Now, think about what he did and think about what he requires us to do. So Jesus in John 15 requires us the new commandment that you love one another, another small word, as. Just like God so, you love as. Okay? So now we're putting two and two together. Love as I have loved you. Meaning, when I show agape love, when you show agape love, are you saying that it's possible that it will be rejected? Absolutely. Are you saying it's possible that for some it's just not going to be enough? Absolutely. 
Are you saying that it may not work for you? Absolutely. But will you still love so? So now is love really worth it? Is it really worth it? You know, guys, the more and more. And here's here's what's important, guys, as um, we're going to open up the scripture and look at some things here from Colossians chapter three, but probably John 15, too. Here's um, here's what we have to do coming into this conversation. When you talk about the love of God. You almost have to get to a, a state of humility to where. You have to understand, I don't know as much as I thought I did about his love. I mean, I understand the action, right? Understand what he did, understand what he gave. I understand the pain. You know, I mean, I get what he went through, but do I really understand it? And here's why we have to ask ourselves this question, because if we don't understand it, we cannot fulfill the new command. We can't do it. So this is why we have to be humble and really see Have we been loving like this? Because if not, then we cannot fulfill this this command in John 15. So is love worth it? Look at Colossians 3, right? Colossians chapter 3. So notice what it says beginning in verse number 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. So I love that phrase, put on. So this is who we are, not what we do. So here's what we have to talk about. Is agape love, what motivates it? So let's go back. What motivates phileo love, which is brotherly? What motivates storge love? What motivates eros love? What, what motivates those things? Sometimes it's what you can get in return. Sometimes it's what you believe you can get. You know, so what does agape love? What motivates agape love? Mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. That's what motivates it. But what else motivates it? It's motivated by what God did for you. John chapter three, verse 16. So now let's stop there. So understanding this, what happens when you show agape love, but agape love is not shown back to you? How do how do we respond? Phileo, storge and eros would respond. Well, because you didn't give what I gave, then I'm not going to give it back. You see how that's not the right type of love that we're supposed to have? So if love is worth it, then from this text in Colossians chapter 3, what do we do in order to receive that agape love? Notice Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. Notice the wording. Actually, start in verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. So according to John 15, how do we receive Christ Jesus the Lord? We receive him in baptism, but also how do we receive him? By abiding in the vine and listening to the new command. And what is that command? That you love one another as. So that's how we receive him. So therefore, you receive him. So now walk in him. But notice what we're supposed to be. 
Not only are we supposed to walk in this love, but verse seven, be rooted in it, be built in it, be established in it, abound in it. It's who we're supposed to be. So now, how do I get agape love? Now, here's how we get real here. How do I get agape love? How do I receive this? Okay, so I believe in the Lord. I've been baptized. I understand that. So how do I receive that agape love? So in order to receive agape love, you have to know what it feels like not to receive it. (laughs) In order to receive agape love, you have to understand what it's like not to receive it. So now think about it from Jesus's perspective. He knew love because he also knew what it felt like not to receive it from us. So we say we want to be like Christ, right? So in order to be like him, sometimes the things that happen in your life, sometimes those things happen so that you can be pruned so that what can improve? Your agape love. You see why this is so important? And here's the thing about it, guys. Do you see why trial and do you see why disappointment is so important? Because those are the things that allow you to become what Jesus was and what Jesus is. But if we don't take that and take it with the right perspective, what can happen is you become so bitter you become, you become so cold. And does this sound like you? You become bitter and cold. And it's almost like because you didn't receive what you feel like you should have got, then you become, you, you almost overwork yourself to uh, not even think about it. Does that make sense? So it's almost like you're, you're kind of always on the go, always doing something. Because, well, nope, that's never going to happen again. You see, love, guys, it's 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 100 percent worth it. But I understand why you have to endure the race, as Paul talked about. You have to endure when love is not shown back to you. So now how are we going to respond? So is it worth it? Absolutely, it's worth it. Now, look at verse 13 of chapter three. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also, there's that word so again, so also do you. So now, (laughs) here's how else you get agape love. Is it worth it? You also get agape love with forbearing with your brethren. Sometimes there's going to be instances where you're going to have to forbear. But in order to forbear, verse 14, and above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are called in one body. So be ye thankful. So now is love worth it? Anything that happens in this life, guys. If the Lord allows it, then he is pruning you. To become more like him. And the Lord will allow whatever he has to. In order for that love to be shown. But for us we have to take it the right way. Because if we don't take it the right way. 
then our love doesn't improve, our hatred improves. And I've been there. I've totally been there. I know what it's like to have your hatred improved. I know what it it feels like to be fueled by that. But when things happen in this life, you have to use it to let your love improve. So, you know, I think about Jesus. And it's so pivotal for Matthew chapter 26, 27, and 28 how in, in in one chapter, one person that was with him betrayed him. Then everybody leaves in the next chapter. Then Jesus forgives everyone on the cross. All these things, it takes so much strength and endurance and uh, patience and wisdom to love with agape love. So is it really worth it? It is. It is worth it. And the more we talk about it, guys, the more the more I understand how much I don't have it, but how much how much work and how excited I am to work towards having it. You know, because what what we can make love, guys, and again, I don't think we mean to do this on purpose, but sometimes what we can make love is somehow based off of my sacrifices or what I'm willing to tolerate, I should receive something. And you're, you'll always, you'll always want to be the recipient, but love thinks so outside of yourself. And I think that's why we're so afraid to love with the agape love that God had for us in John chapter three, for God. So despite what we did for God, so Despite our attitude towards him for God so. I think we're scared to love like that because truly deep down. I think all of us, we understand that agape love is so uh, selfless. But I think we're scared because we're scared not to receive. Because if it, we, we see it as giving out and 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 giving out. And we feel like the more that we give out, then we feel like, well, we're not going to be taken care of because we're giving out so much. We're thinking outside of ourselves so much. It's, it's always about somebody else. But then the little voice in the back of your head, well, what about me though? What about me? And that's the thing that scares us into truly tapping in to what it's like to truly agape. But I think about Matthew chapter five and Matthew chapter six. And I think about this text because Jesus tells us, therefore, to take no thought for your life. Then he mentions what the birds do in verse 26. He mentions the lilies of the field, verse 28. He mentions the grass, verse 30. But then verse 32 your heavenly father, as you so love everyone else and as you so do what he asks you to do, he knows that you have need. So sometimes in our own prideful thinking, we forget that the more that we give out, that the love of God hadn't stopped for you. So as you think so selflessly about yourself and to give to others and to truly immerse yourself 
and to what it feels like to truly give and love and fulfill this commandment that we find in John chapter 15. As you do that for everybody that you come in contact with, who's still doing that for you? Your father knows you. He knows what you need. He knows your desires. He knows the things that you want. He sees every tear. He keeps them in a vial. He understands because he cares for you. He wants to comfort you. But that's what holds us back from truly showing agape love. Because I won't get anything out of this. And I've used this before too. You think about the concept of a cup. And as your cup is full, and let's say that that cup being full is love. And you see a bunch of other empty cups around you and you pour 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 pour into others. Right. But then what's the example? Well, if you pour into others, then your cup gets empty. So who fills your cup? Right. I've used that before. But let's really think about that. Let's think about that. I think about Paul in the book of Philippians. Paul was in prison. And as Paul is in prison, you talk about you talk about agape love. Philippians chapter um, Philippians chapter two. Look at look at what he said. I mean, this is this is incredible about what he says. Uh, Actually, you know, Philippians chapter one. So he's in jail. Right. And as Paul is in prison, instead of thinking about his own cup, which all of us, myself included, what we think about, notice what Paul said. Paul said, verse number 25, and having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you for your furtherance of the joy of faith. Verse 26, that your rejoicing could be more abundant in Jesus Christ by me coming to see you again. So was Paul worried about his own cup being filled? Paul was so worried about them. Guys, I think that mindset of, well, I need my cup filled. You know how your cup gets filled? Your cup truly gets filled by the outpouring of your heart. And don't miss that. Because sometimes what we'll do is, Some of us have the heart to really serve, but then some of us will stop because no one's poured into us. And then until that happens, well, I'm not really going to serve the way that I used to. Is that agape thinking or is that selfish thinking? You see, it sounds really good, doesn't it? It Just again, I know we've heard all these phrases all our lives, but it sounds so good, doesn't it? Oh, I got to get my cup filled. Got to get my cup filled, right? Sounds so good. But how does my cup truly get filled? My cup truly gets filled by the service that I have for God. For loving one another as I have loved you. Had a conversation with a friend not too long ago. And the more I look at this, the more that I see that when you truly pour into others, and you and you you're you're with them and you're praying with them and um, you're helping them grow through scripture. The fulfillment that that gives your cup, it's it's great. 
And that's just one portion of it. That's not even what God knows and what God is going to give. So it's almost like you get a double portion. That's how beautiful this is. But I think sometimes what we've done is we've, we've worked against ourselves. Man, this agape love, it is, it is so selfless. But again, we don't do agape love for reward. But it's just the nature of it. The reward is just, it's knowing that you're fulfilling a command. It's knowing that you're walking in the light. It's knowing of the confidence that you have. It's knowing that God takes care of you. It's knowing that God still knows your needs and desires. I mean, it's just, it's comforting. So is loving with agape love, is it really worth it? Is it really, really worth it to be selfless? Is it worth it to think to think outside of yourself? Is it worth it to, from this point forward, not to make this life about you and what you can get? Yes, it is. Think about Solomon. Solomon said, man, I got, I got maidservants. I got men servants. I got buildings. I got singers. I got money. I've got vineyards. I've got all these things. And I've tried so hard to fill my cup while I'm trying to help the nation. But it didn't work. But this is what I figured out. To fear God and keep his commandment. Based off John 15, guys, what is his commandment? That you love one another as. You want fulfillment, guys? Fulfillment's not going to come from what another person can give you. Fulfillment's not going to come from what you can gain. Even though those things are good and not sinful in its nature, fulfillment can't come from it. But what fulfillment comes from is fulfilling the Lord's command. And here's the beautiful thing about this from God's perspective, guys. Going back to Matthew chapter 6, here's the beautiful thing about that. The Lord knows, right? Verse number 12. He knows that you have need of all these things. Then he asks us to seek first the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 5, John chapter 15. Then all these things that he talked about, 25 through 20 uh, through 32, will be added. Take no thought, verse 34, for tomorrow. For tomorrow would take thought of the things of itself. Now, here's what's beautiful about this. So as we serve and as we show this agape love, the Lord will always be there for us. And what he could give you is far better than what you can gain on your own. But is it possible, guys, that he's just waiting for you to empty yourself to be ready for what he has for you? Beautiful thought, man. Beautiful thought. And as we grow together, as we learn, we'll get better. But this type of love is different. This type of love is different. Jesus flipped it on everybody. But this is the type of love that pleases him. Why? Because God so. So because God so, for you, it should be even as. I'll do the same. And I'll try my best to do the same. Have I failed at it? Absolutely. I'm the king of the failures at it. But again, that's what helps you to become better. So as we grow, as we develop, as we get better, as we try to grow into our love, understand this, guys. 
yes, you may not receive. Yes, you may not get things. Yes, you may put yourself in a vulnerable state. But this is this is worth it. And this is the most courageous thing you can do. And isn't it interesting? What does the Lord tell us to be in the Old Testament? Be strong and be courageous. And what does it take to truly show agape love? Strength and courage. Hmm. Isn't that a beautiful thing? I really hope that this is a, this is something you guys want to do as, as I'm trying to do and, and change. Um, but th- this is something that we can do together. So again, this, this is a beautiful thing. Uh, agape love is so selfless and, you know, let's continue to, to, to be that for others, but also to be that for God, uh, because this is how we fulfill that command. So I uh, really hope that this can help you and encourage you. Um, again, remember, this is a prequel to what's going to happen next week. So remember all this, right? Remember everything we talked about in Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Colossians 3, Philippians 1. Remember all these things because this is building to what we're talking about next week because next week's topic we're going to need this to get through what we're going to get through next week. Okay. So love you guys. Appreciate you guys. We'll be back in studio next week, Lord willing. Um, so we will see you guys then. Thanks guys.